Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Welcome everybody to the October 2nd, 2020 edition of Weisscast. I am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the Milledgeville Mamba, Bryant K. Stinson. How you doing, dude? Doing good, man. How are you? Dude, I I am on another level right now. I just had brunch with my coworkers. Uh, I made this amazing sweet potato hash. Um, we just got to hang out and uh, kind of do a mid-semester debrief and talk about uh, things that we might need to change for the rest of the semester. And I mean, it was just super encouraging and a lot of fun. And um, there was space towards the end to where we just hung out and it was really awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm really just kind of high on life right now. Um, nice. How, how are you doing out in the old desert? Doing good, man. It's, it's, it's finally the month of October, which is apparently when it stops being as hot. So looking forward to, to that. It's been really hot. Of course, um, you know, we've talked about this extensively. I've been to Phoenix for like 12 hours and um, it wasn't super hot when I was there. I mean, I guess I was there mostly at night. But um, I just thought it was beautiful. And it, granted, it was early March or mid-March. Um, and I'm really jealous that you're getting into the season in Phoenix that you're about to get into. Because I feel like it's just going to be so beautiful there. Just hoping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dry heat of the desert is way different than what you're used to. Um, I've... I've been told, like I said, I've only spent 12 hours there and it wasn't that hot. Uh, I've been told that if you're coming from a climate like we're used to, kind of humid and hot, um, you're going to like have to get used to like lotioning and just like keeping up, make sure your skin's just like not dried out and like maybe even change your like showering routine, like stuff like that just to make sure to keep your skin healthy because like the, the dry heat will take it out of you. Yeah. Not too bad though. Not too bad right now. You know, I'm actually a big fan of dry cold. Um, Whenever it's not humid, but it's cold. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. It doesn't seem as cold to me. If that makes sense. Like, the wet cold is just kind of bone chilling, you know, whereas a dry cold is just like, oh, it's like really high air conditioning or something like that. Uh, but this is not the weather forecast. This, of course, is Weisscast, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Bryant and I talk about all of their nerdy news that we think you should know about if you like that and want to be a part of it. Go to patreon.com slash Weisscast where you can ask your questions that you want to be heard on air on Weisscast. We haven't ever had anyone do that, but hey, there's a first time for everything. 
Also, Patreon supporters get the show earlier and uncut. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Chronoslinger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every Saturday on Patreon or Sunday on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. In a few weeks, it will be our guest episode where we talk about a list. I am going to be pulling Instagram on what you want us to talk about. That being said, today's episode is brought to you by Weiss Camera Action, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, from around the web. Let's read the news. Brian, how many articles do we have today? I don't know, like seven? Not quite a baker's dozen, but close enough. Um, let's, let's get to the first article. Uh, this is from IGN. Oh, that's right. We're not watching, we're not reading The Verge this week. Nope, not this week. Um, <laughs> this comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Xbox head Phil Spencer says Microsoft is planning on more consoles after Xbox Series X and S. According to Xbox head Phil Spencer, Microsoft is still planning to release gaming hardware following the launch of Xbox Series X and S, despite the games industry leaning more towards an all-digital cloud-based future. Speaking to Yahoo Finance, Spencer confirmed that Microsoft is still planning on developing dedicated gaming hardware, at least in the short term, even though services like Xbox Cloud Gaming, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna are changing the ways that the world plays games. In terms of future hardware, Absolutely. I think we're going to see more console hardware down the road, Spencer stated. Just like in video, just like in music, it's not that streaming has cut off device innovation. I think we'll continue to see that, and that's absolutely what we're planning for. Obviously, things can always change in the future, but it appears Microsoft isn't quite yet ready to fully commit to this digital future. Where Microsoft's innovation lies, however, is clearly in Xbox Game Pass. With Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft has been building a strategy that will allow you to play Xbox games on many different devices, including PC and mobile devices. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see Xbox Game Pass eventually make its way to TVs or other platforms as well. We may not know what the near future or what the far future holds, but we do know that Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S will be released on November 10th, 2020 at a cost of $499 and $299 respectively. As for Xbox Game Pass, its value continues to rise with the announcement the announcements that like that of Microsoft buying Bethesda, meaning all future Bethesda, including Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield, will launch on Xbox Game Pass on day one. So uh, I brought this article, Bryant, because it directly contradicts something that I said last week. And you know, I was saying last week that I could see Xbox getting out of the hardware game and leaning more into Stadia and relying on an Xbox cloud app on TVs or what have you. And if they did hardware, possibly just doing their amazing controller. Folks, if you have never held an Xbox controller, first of all, where have you been? Secondly, it's the perfect controller. Like, it's just so good. 
and it's everything that PlayStation wants their controller to be. Um, that's beside the point. I was thinking that they would go to more of that, lean into the xCloud, and Phil Spencer gives no indication of slowing down. And, Brian, I was wondering, do you think this is... Do you think this is par for the course for Xbox? Like, do you think that this is a good strategy to continue to develop hardware, even though they are kind of more leaning into the software side of things? Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think a lot of this for people kind of, it becomes a price point thing for people. And so, um, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself too much as a company and not give yourself options. So I think Xbox is moving in the, in the right direction here. Um, the all digital stuff is kind of an interesting move. We'll have to see how that all plays out. I'm getting an Xbox series S myself. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see kind of how all of that moves and shakes going forward. But um, yeah, I think continuing to, um, actually spend a decent amount of time developing proper hardware to kind of widen their customer base and not necessarily pigeonhole themselves um, with working too much on software would be a good idea for them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, I, I can kind of see this kind of falls in line with an idea that I had of if they do stay in the console business, um, I feel like the Series S is more more the future than the Series X. Like, um, and that that being said, I mean, I don't think discs are going to go anywhere in the next five years or the life of this console generation. I mean, PS Five. Uh, regular outsold the all digital and I think series X is out outselling with series S um, because a lot of people don't have this, the stable internet connections, but I can see the people seeing the appeal or the convenience of the series S just buying your games via the Microsoft store on Xbox um, and downloading them and, um, or seeing the convenience of Xbox game pass or X cloud or whatever. I, I kind of would be shocked if they didn't do some sort of X cloud box thing for your TV. That was super cheap. It was like $99 or whatever. And you just took it up to your TV. It comes with a controller and you can have X cloud on your TV. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think Xbox getting out of the console, um, I mean, just on their fourth generation would be a, a mistake. I, I think they're doing, they're killing it right now on the software front, at least on paper. It hasn't yet been proven that all of these studio buyouts or acquisitions have been a good idea. Um, but, I mean, the writing's on the wall. I think they're setting themselves up for success on this on the software front. And I think 
shoring up that will just naturally lead to better consoles. So yeah, I, I good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Brian, you have a great article from Kotaku for our next topic. Yeah. So let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about Spider-Man a little bit. Love so, Spider-Man. I do love Spider-Man. Um, but a lot of people who love Spider-Man did not love this. Um, so this is a article by, written by Ian Walker from Kotaku about the remastered Spider-Man game that will be released on PlayStation 5. Um, it says that Spider-Man Remastered puts players back in the latex suit of the arachnid superhero, but this time around, civilian moat Peter Parker is going to look a little different thanks to a new facial capture for the PlayStation 5 upgrade. In new videos and screenshots released, Insomniac Games gives us our first glimpse of what Marvel's Spider-Man remaster will look like on Sony's upcoming console. For starters, it features a Peter Parker whose likeness hues more closely to Marvel Cinematic Universe actor Tom Holland. Um, our characters have also gotten a huge upgrade, wrote Insomniac Community Director James Stevenson. From higher fidelity skin, IT shaders, to individually rendered strands of hair, the new tech and details bring our characters and their performances to new life. And they, they basically kind of talk about, um, Ian Walker talks about how um, it's a bit of a jarring change um, and how um, this version of Spider-Man Remastered will be available on PlayStation 5 as part of the Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition package that will be released on November 12th. So there will not be a free upgrade for people who already own Spider-Man on PlayStation 4 to be able to get this remastered version. Um, so, which is which is interesting. But, yeah, they have essentially um, kept the same voice of the actor who played Peter Parker in the Spider-Man game by Insomniac, but they have changed his face to look more like Tom Holland. Um, it's an interesting kind of shift and change, very bold, and Insomniac have received some um, backlash about this. So I know you've read up about this, you've seen some things, you've seen a video about it. Aaron, what, what, are, you, what, what are your thoughts on this? So my kind of understanding was that the fact that this new guy looks more like Tom Holland is kind of just like a happy accident. Like, I don't know if it was intentional, um, but I don't completely understand the need for recasting the character model. Um, and I've heard them explain it and stuff. Um, maybe they only gave the other guy like a one game contract and this other guy is more available to do future games in the franchise. Um, I'm glad that they kept the voice. Uh, so for those that don't know, this was actually very interesting when I found out that the character model actor has always been different right, for Peter Parker. I'm not going to say in general, but has always been different than the voice actor for Peter Parker. Um, yeah. I don't know the reason why. Um, but the voice actor, I forget his name, but he's pretty well known. He actually did the Prince in the Prince of Persia Sands of Time trilogy. Um, 
very great, phenomenal voice actor and sounds like uh, Peter Parker in my mind. And yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of this recasting of the, the look. I think he looks too young. Um, I don't think he looks 23 per se. Like he's supposed to be 23 in the game, right? Yeah. Um, this is like his eighth year being Spider-Man. He's a veteran. It's not an origin story. Um, I think the other guy looked more the part of a, a veteran. He's seen things, right? Like he's naturally more aged looking. And yeah, I I don't know. I I'm sure that they have their reasons. Like I said, but. It's it's just one of those things that you don't expect. Like, it kind of reminds me of uh, when Destiny recast the voice of that that one character. You know what I'm talking about? I forget its yeah. name, but it's like the little robot companion thing. It was Peter Dinklage. It was just a flat performance and they recast it to Nolan North, I believe, wisecast.com slash your dash wrong. Um and it was way better. And that came in the version of a patch. And that kind of goes to what you were asking saying about uh Spider-Man remastered. It's not coming to PS4, it's only coming to PS5. I'm wondering if they will patch in this not the not the full update because obviously the PS4 won't be able to handle it. But I wonder if they will patch in this new skin, if you will, of Peter Parker. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this how this does going forward. This is probably a better move for the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but um, yeah, just time will tell with this type of stuff. Enough about this Spider-Man story, spoiler alerts, we have another Spider-Man story coming up. And we actually have another, there's a lot of MC or a lot of Marvel stuff on this week's docket. I'm just now realizing, but that's not a bad thing at all because we love Marvel. Uh, this next one's kind of a smaller story. And I think we covered this, we covered this earlier this year uh, a little bit. This this does come from The Verge, but and it's a article by Julia Alexander. YouTube TV is losing Fox regional sports networks. It was first announced in February, but it's officially now happening. A number of Fox regional sports networks, RSNs, will no longer be available for YouTube TV subscribers beginning on October 1st, a.k.a. yesterday. Or if you're listening to this on Patreon on Saturday, two days ago, or if you're listening to this sometime in the future, a long time ago. The move comes after YouTube and Fox spurt first spoke publicly about Fox channels leaving YouTube TV in February, but the two companies came to an agreement to carry on the rest of the MLB, NBA, and NHL seasons through 2020. As the NBA and NHL seasons come to an end, and with MLB set to finish at the end of October, Fox and YouTube's agreement is also being separated. Quote, to bring you 85 plus channels, we periodically negotiate contracts with content owners. End quote. The official YouTube Twitter account tweeted, quote, starting October 1st, 2020, Fox RSNs will no longer be available on YouTube TV. Members that are impacted will no longer have access to library recordings from the Fox RSNs, end quote. Approximately 19 channels will be impacted, according to the Variety 
They include Fox Sports Arizona, Fox Sports Carolinas, Fox Sports Detroit, Fox Sports Florida, Fox Sports Indiana, Fox Sports Kansas City, Fox Sports Midwest, Fox Sports New Orleans, Fox Sports North, Fox Sports Ohio, Fox Sports Time Ohio, Fox Sports Oklahoma, Fox Sports Primetime, or Prime Ticket, that's Los Angeles, Fox Sports San Diego, Fox Sports South, Fox Sports Southeast, Fox Sports Southwest, Fox Sports Sun, Fox Sports Tennessee, and Fox Sports Wisconsin. I don't know why it's so fragmented, because I feel like the regions could just handle all that, but whatever. The goal is to get them back on YouTube TV, though. Barry Farber, Sinclair's president of distribution and networks relations, told Variety that Sinclair, which owns the RSNs, continues to have discussions with YouTube, quote, in an effort to find a mutually acceptable path to returning the RSNs to YouTube TV, end quote. This was a difficult decision made after months of negotiations. This form of public backlash and back and forth bickering referred to as a carriage dispute. Most recently, NBC Universal and Roku underwent their own version of this. NBC Universal and the parent company Comcast threatened to pull a number of NBC apps from Roku as the companies negotiated to the terms of NBC Universal streaming act Peacock on Roku. It took less than 24 hours after NBC Universal's move to reach deal, and that's the end goal. So, it looks like, yes, they're off YouTube TV for now, but with all of these networks off of YouTube TV, in the height, arguably the height of sports being back, I mean, like, football is back. They're like literally in the middle of the season. I mean, this takes away such value from YouTube TV, in my opinion, um, Bryant. And I, I actually stopped subscribing to YouTube TV before this article came out. Um, literally just a few weeks ago, I, I dropped my subscription. Um, and the only reason I had it was for the sports, but I was just like, you know, I can find good enough streams online. And, I mean, Reddit NBA streams, in my opinion, are better than watching it on TNT. The only real football that I care about right now is Green Bay. Um, Ohio State's not quite back yet. Um, So I'm not watching this, and I don't need to pay for it. But, you know, if I were more into sports, like, here in Atlanta, Fox Sports Southeast is the home of the Braves. It's the home of Atlanta United. And, I mean, you and I both have ESPN Plus, right? Yeah. Um, I couldn't watch the United game last week on ESPN Plus because it was blacked out. Because of this deal with Fox Sports Southeast. And so, like, this is terrible for me. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't have YouTube TV right now. But if I had it, it wouldn't be – or it it would have been terrible because, like, I couldn't watch it anywhere unless I found an illegal stream, which I don't necessarily always like doing because they're not always the best quality. And also, I kind of like supporting the teams that (laughs) – I enjoy watching, but yeah, Brian, I think this takes away a lot of value from YouTube TV. I mean, 
It's $65 a month. It's gone up in price twice since I've had it. It started at $40. That was a steal. Then it went up to $50. And it was still a good deal. Now it's at $65. And it's just going to keep going up. And now it's like, why did we get rid of cable in the first place? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. it's getting to that same price as cable, pretty much. And I, I want to know your thoughts on, on this. Like, you think Sinclair really wants to reach a deal with YouTube TV with this? Or do you think that this is kind of just something to, like, put a pin in it and call it a day? I mean, they say they want to reach a deal with YouTube TV, but it seems kind of strange that this is kind of the strategy that that in a direction that they would go in. So, I don't know. It's one of the things about streaming services and the amount of them that we have is that in the event that someone drops something, it's only a matter of time before somebody else picks it up. But you don't want to keep having to bounce around spending your money to watch simple little things like your local, like local teams play like local teams in your state play um, and things like that. So I don't know. It, this is one of those things. I think it's just going to be a, a wait and see kind of time will tell kind of deal with um, how this deal plays out. So, yeah, I think, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. Um, Services are greedy, man, so I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm actually, I'm looking up real quick. Stupid. Uh, okay. If I haven't said it before on Wisecast, I'll say it now, and I'll continue to say it until something changes. I hate Xfinity. They're my ISP, my internet service provider, and I hate them. Um, but anyways, what I was trying to do was I was trying to go to their website to see how much it would be to add a cable package to our internet. Um, I couldn't find a price cause I would have to give my information, et cetera. And they already have my stuff. I don't have the login. Um, it's under my roommate's name, but, um, I was just going to see if it, would be the same price or lower to add a cable package to our internet. Um, Because I mean, like I was saying, you might as well just go back to cable if you have YouTube TV or whatever. And then like, you can use that cable login to log into apps like ESPN, like NBC sports, like CBS, whatever. Um, Yeah. YouTube TV is is becoming boo-boo to me. Next, we're going back to Marvel, ladies and gentlemen, because I could get heated talking about the, I could get heated talking about YouTube TV and sports and all that stuff, but we're going back to Marvel. We're bringing it back home to Marvel. Bryant, please introduce this great news. Yeah, so Miss Marvel has finally been cast, which is really, really exciting. This is an IGN article. Um, and Iman Vellani has been cast in the title role of Miss Marvel. Um, 
according to Deadline, Valani, who is currently 18, won the role after a long search. Um, Miss Marvel is going to be a Disney Plus series that follows Kamala Khan, a Pakistani-American teenager in New Jersey who will be the first MCU Muslim superhero on screen. Um, in a 2019 interview with CBC, Valani referred to herself as a Pakistani-American Muslim teenager with immigrant parents. Miss Marvel will not simply stay relegated to Disney Plus, however, as Miss Marvel is expected to eventually segue into the big screen MCU. Um, and then the rest of the article just kind of talks a little bit about um, some of the people who are going to be directing it, and um, some of the people who some of the people that they're looking at to direct it, rather, um, and uh, how. Marvel, Miss Marvel series um, will have one of the main head writers for most Marvel movies, um, um, Bisha K. Ali, um, and producer and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige will be overseeing the series as well, which is not a surprise. Um, so there's really not a whole lot to say about this. Um, it's just Disney Plus putting more into um, the Marvel side of their streaming service, which is fairly bare right now. I don't think, I don't even think, last time I checked, I don't think WandaVision has even started yet, which is supposed to be one of the first Marvel um, Disney Plus TV series to be released. So now that they have just found Miss Marvel, um, it will be a little while before we see this going forward, but it should be within the current phase of MCU films that we would see her um, come to the screen. So um, it, it's, it's an interesting strategy going forward from from Disney um, and a really good casting and congratulations. Um, congratulations for her being the first ever Muslim superhero on screen. So yeah, congratulations, Iman Volani, on your casting. What do you think about this, Aaron? I think it's super cool. Um, representation in media is so important. And having a uh, Pakistani-American uh, young, well, I mean, I guess she's not, she's 18, but I was going to say like young teenage girl. I guess she's an older teenage girl. Uh, teenage girl, uh, Muslim superhero. It just, it hits so many, like her casting hits so many uh, points on this representation um you know she's going to be great for teenage girls to look up to she's going to be great um, for representation of muslim americans she's going to be great for uh, pakistani americans um this is an incredible casting like you were saying and uh the article includes a, a photo of her sorry listeners um and i mean she is going to be great as Kamala Khan. And this is just based on a photo. I, I mean, I've never seen her act or anything, but um, I think she's going to be really good. And I think this is smart to start a teenage hero in this TV show. And as you were talking about it, I'm really hoping that's what they do with Miles Morales whenever he's inevitably introduced into the MCU. Um. I really would like there to be a Miles Morales TV show uh, for Spider-Man. And 
um, yeah, this is very exciting. And, and I mean, it's not at all surprising that Miss Marvel's coming to the MCU. I mean, the Marvel's Avengers video game that came out last month is pretty popular and by far the biggest hype of praise was from the single player campaign that focused around Kamala Khan. Um, so having a TV show announced within a month of its release is not at all surprising. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to watching it. I can't wait for MCU TV shows to start being a regular part of Disney plus because, um, I mean, I, that's a huge reason why I subscribe to Disney plus like that in the star Wars shows. Like, I mean, it's cool watching nostalgic old shows that I grew up with, but at the same time, I want to watch these, you know, semi big budget, like really good, well-written shows. Um, and I just think that this is a really smart decision to start her off in a TV show. And, you know, she probably will end up in a movie or two. Um, I think it's smart, and this might be the smartest thing I've seen Disney do uh, all year, honestly. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Stay- I'm excited about it for her. I'm excited about it a whole lot. So, Disney's doing good things with their streaming service. They are, and I'm glad they're taking care of Marvel because they don't always take care of Star Wars, but when they take care of Star Wars, it's a love letter to fans. Thank you for yeah. the Mandalorian. Um, sticking with the MCU, Bryant, we're going to go to our final topic. And this is also on IGN by Jim, I can't pronounce his last name, Vejvoda. I'm so sorry, Jim. Um, Spider-Man 3, Jamie Foxx's Electro is coming to the MCU. So, Jamie Foxx's Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is poised to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the upcoming Spider-Man 3, starring Tom Holland. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Fox is in final talks to once again play Electro, but this time in the MCU. Quote, story details are being kept under the mask, but having Fox return is a stunner as it shows further a further melding of previous Spider-Man movies into the current Holland series, which is the first one that has Marvel running point on production, end quote. As THR's Boris Kitt points out, Fox's Electro, of course, isn't the first cast member from previous incarnations of Spider-Man movies to reprise their role in a new MCU version. As Spider-Man Far From Home's end credit scene reviewed, revealed J.K. Simmons once again playing J. Jonah Jameson, albeit a version retooled for the digital era. It's unclear whether Fox's Electro will indeed be the very same version as the one he played in Amazing Spider-Man 2, or if Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson, he is a revamped version. If he is the same version, then it looks like we're looking at a real multiverse as opposed to that fake one Mysterio hoax people with. This line of thinking, of course, opens the door to everyone from Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker's to Miles Morales or Gwen Stacy being able to show up, or maybe even Charlie Cox's Daredevil from the Netflix series, The Fantastic Four. Fans are already talking or taking to Twitter speculations if this news means Spider-Man 3 will create a live-action Spider-Verse. At this point, 
or as has been pointed out, the MCU Spidey films have so far introduced five members of classic Spidey villain team Sinister Six. Vulture, Mysterio, Shocker, Scorpion, and now Electro. So could we be seeing them <clears throat> assemble on the big screen sooner than later? It should be noted Sony Pictures had been trying to do just that with the Amazing Spider-Man movies and had even been developing a Sinister Six movies at one six movie at one point. The third MCU slash Spider-Man movie aims to begin filming right here in Atlanta this fall, according to THR. John Watts is back to direct and returning cast members include Tom Holland, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, Jacob Babylon, and Tony Revlori. What do you think of Jamie Foxx's Electro joining the MCU, Bryant? I'm excited about it. Uh, the Sinister Six is vital to Spider-Man and his stories. Um, so it's only a matter of time before we see that. I think that has to be a storyline that they tell. Um, as long as, especially for as long as they plan on keeping Tom Holland in the role, um, that has to be a part of it. So, yeah, Electro is a great villain. Um, it'd be really cool to see Jamie Foxx um, in that role. Um, out, and outside of Amazing Spider-Man, he hasn't done anything in the MCU, so I think it'd be good to see him kind of reprise that role again, um, but this time with a little bit of kind of a proper Marvel Studios twist to it. Um, so yeah, that would be good. I, it is interesting about the whole idea of a live action Spider-Verse. It sounds way cooler than I think it actually is going to be. I don't, I don't know yeah. if that's something that they're even considering. Um, but um, if they were, if they were planning on doing something like that and maybe segueing to starting to tell some Spider-Man stories with Miles Morales, then maybe that could be something that we see in the future. Um, but it just depends on what direction they see um, Spider-Man going um, over the next mm -hmm. however long. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But yes, Electro being added to the MCU, um, played by Jamie Foxx, I think that's going to be very, very good. So um, yeah, excited about that. Yeah, I, I really am too. And I kind of think they will retool him a little bit. Um, specifically in character design, because, I mean, his character design in Amazing Spider-Man 2 wasn't great. He kind of looked like a discount Dr. Manhattan. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I just don't think that they gave him the right design. Um, you know, uh, they I mean, I don't think that they should go back to, like, the comic design per se like you know with the lightning bolts in the shape of a star like that mask um like that's just that's kind of corny kind of cheesy yeah um, but i mean they did do this fishbowl for mysterio so for some reason that worked though <laughs> i just i know everybody was like are they gonna do the fishbowl are they gonna uh -huh. do the fishbowl and they did the fishbowl so it'll be really interesting to see if they do the kind of the hokiness um what i I would love to see a design loosely based, maybe not loosely based, but based on Spider-Man PS4, that version of Electro. 
the yeah. scarred face, the you know, like you know, like leather jacket with the the power suit type thing. I think that would make Jamie Foxx a more menacing presence on screen and make Electro more of like a badass on mm. the screen. Cause I mean, let's just face it. The amazing Spider-Man two's Electro was not badass at all. I mean, he was a bumbling moron before he became Electro. And then, you know, that movie suffered from the same things as Spider-Man three. They had too many villains in it. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's cool that Jamie Foxx is getting this because Jamie Foxx is legitimately a great actor, and giving him this chance within the MCU I think is huge, and I think he has potential to be a great Electro, and I can't wait to see this movie. I'm glad that they're starting filming here in Atlanta soon. Um, this is awesome. I'm legitimately excited, even if it doesn't lead to a, lead to a live action Spider Verse. Um, I actually would prefer Spider Verse to stay um, animated. That's just me. Like, I loved that movie so much. I'm so excited for the second one whenever it comes out in like 2025. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just want that to be its own thing. Let let Tom Holland have his own thing. We don't have to cross everyone over. Um, but yeah, this is, this is super cool. Uh, I'm very excited, especially because, you know, I think we've talked about it before, but Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. All right. right. I think it's time. I think, I think it's time. It is, and I believe it's time for us to hear a word from today's sponsor, and then, my bro, you have a movie or whatever for me to guess, I think. I do. Is, is it a video game? Would you like it to be a video game? Yeah, I would. Okay. But first, let's hear a word. From today's sponsor, Weiss Camera Action. Bryant, do you like to be entertained? Mildly. Do you like movies? Mildly. Boy, do I have a podcast for you. Weiss Camera Action has officially left the concept stage and is in full development. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have done this. Each week, my brother, Alex, my friend, Will, and I will be watching a movie from either a series or from a director's filmography, reviewing it and ranking it. That being said, it's official. The first series we will be reviewing is Pirates of the Caribbean. So we will watch one of the films each week, review it and rank it based on the other movies. So there's five films in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and we will rank each of those one through five, I can go on ahead and tell you, I really think it's going to end up being pretty much in order. They kind of just gradually get worse, but <laughs> I think the show lends itself to lots of banter and comedy. So be sure to catch it really soon on podcast services around the globe. And now back to 20 questions. 
right, good sir. I have a video game for you. Excellent. Was this game released before January 1st, 2010? Yes. Was this game released before January 1st, 2000? No. Was this game released before January 1st, 2005? Yes. Okay, so I have a five-year window. Um, was this game a PlayStation console exclusive? No. Cool. Was this game exclusive to any platform? No. Excellent. Multiplat. Um, is this a platformer? No. Um, is this game a part of a series? Yes. Is that series or does that series have an entry on the Xbox slash PS4. The so Xbox One slash PS4. Yeah. So like, no, it is not. Okay. Okay. So it's not receiving. It's not. It, it's. It's dormant. Yes. That, that wasn't necessarily a question. It was more of a okay. statement. Um. Well, yes. <laughs> Was this game developed in America? That is is a good question. Let me, let me look. No. (laughs) (laughs) America. (laughs) Third party. um, Was this game developed in Japan? It was. Okay. I think this next question is question 10. Excellent. Is this a Capcom game? It is a Capcom game. Woo! Um, you didn't think it was Square Enix? Or? I just, I, I was like, <laughs> it's either Capcom, Konami, Square Enix, Bandai Namco. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, all the major players just, from software. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just like, oh, please be Capcom. Um. Is this does this game have a oh, oh okay here's how I word it sorry is this game known for its art style oh yeah yeah hundred okay. percent as are most Capcom games but that's neither here nor there <laughs> but yeah um... this game is known for its art style. Part of a series. Okay, okay. Um, dang, part of a. What? Does this game have a mobile? In, not mobile. Sorry, portable entry. The difference between mobile and portable is that a portable is like DS or PSP, and mobile no. is phone. Okay. Yeah. It, no. No portable entries. It's not Okami. 
Um, doo -doo -doo. Does this game have two words in the title? <laughs> yes. Um, Does the title contain the name of a, of the protagonist? Yes. Is this Beautiful Joe? It is Beautiful Joe. I love this game. <laughs> it is Beautiful I, Joe. I I have not played this game. I mean, you but I hear you talk game. highly about it. Yeah, it's good. It was released first to the Nintendo GameCube on June 26, 2003, and was later brought to the PlayStation 2 on August 24, 2004. Yeah, known for its art style, wacky concept, hilarious main character. He has a version of him where it, he turns into a Power Ranger and fights people. It's, it's a lot of comedy. Yeah, great. I, so I actually, so before we get into the outro, I actually have a clip. At least I want to share the audio of. So one of I, I I follow what culture, what culture gaming on YouTube, and one of the my favorite host Bryant, um, his name's Jules. And I guess it's short for Julian. Never really thought about that. But he made a, or every week he does this this video called Two's Your Own Adventure, where he he goes to the comments to get the idea for the, the next week's video. Um, and one week he was talking about Beautiful Joe and how much he loves it. And he always does this. Um, this thing where he uh <laughs> where he just like makes a a song um and he made this this song uh one week And I don't know. I just thought it was hilarious. And so I, I took the clip and just made it its own YouTube video um, because I had to. And I thought it was applicable to a lot of things. And the way that he describes Beautiful Joe is that way. That's good. So that being said, I, of course, have been Aaron Weiss your host, your faithful producer, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Weiss's right. Also on www.weisscast.com. Bryant, where can the beautiful listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter 
at BK Stinson 08. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Folks, we got a lot coming at you over the next few weeks. Uh, I will be putting up that Instagram poll probably on Monday. Uh, this episode will go live first on Patreon tomorrow morning, Saturday, October 3rd, and will be up on Sunday, October 4th on podcast services around the globe. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, here is your outro song this week. It's an 8-bit cover of The Metal by Tenacious D. Enjoy. <laughs>